Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. I love this podcast. It takes me around the world and I interview app entrepreneurs who are really, uh, you know, doing it in the app world. So this is the podcast and the episode, especially to help you become an app entrepreneur. If you're driving to work and you, you don't like your job, listen to this episode. You'll love it because we are, we've got an inspirational guest on the line here. His, uh, we're actually using a new bit of technology. We're using an app, which is great. And uh, let me introduce uh, uh, the founder of uh, Ebu. Uh, his name is Ahmad, and he is going to talk to us uh, about this article discovery app that he's created. It's been a big journey for him. He's on uh, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Just look for Ebu, and you'll also find uh, links to that in the show notes at episode 298 of theappguy.co if you just search for that. Um, let me introduce uh, Ahmad. Uh, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Paul, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. And first of all, thank you for your patience in setting this up. I know that we uh, we took a bit of time. But uh, hey, uh, this is the App Guy podcast. And now finally, I get to record the episodes on an app, which is great. Look, if there's one thing I've learned in this journey is that guys like you and I love paying it forward. So a little bit of delay to help uh, test a new app is, is absolutely fine by me. Great. Well, let's talk about your journey then with Ebu. What, tell us what it is and, uh, and what sort of journey you've had with it. Sure, sure. So Ebu is an article discovery app. Um, and my journey comes, but my, my journey is, is it's quite interesting because I don't fit the mold of the typical app um, startup fella, for lack of a better phrase. Um I don't come from a technical background um, to start off. Um, heck, I couldn't even uh, put a single line of code to save my life um, for that matter. And so it made my journey a bit more interesting to say the least. Uh, you can imagine my learning curve was huge. I actually come from the communications, advertising, marketing, branding world, um, but I saw a need for this. And I've always been into technology and I've always been interested um, in the way that 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 business um, has changed and will change in the future through this um, accessible technology and so yeah so I decided to give uh, to give it a go uh, and what does it do uh, specifically then maybe you can just help us out on, on what the app the app is uh, actually helping and on the problem it's solving for sure for sure so I'm sure Paul and, and, and everybody listening here agrees that there's a lot of great articles from the world's top media sources that get missed. Um, and this isn't sort of like an anecdotal um, statement that, that I'm sort of pu uh, putting out there. There's actually um, uh, good, uh, there's a lot of quantitative statistical information that backs that, um, that are done by these big media sources. So whether it's the BBC or the CNNs of, of the world. Um, I'm going to ask you, Paul, do you know how much uh, uh, articles get missed by us? How much articles get missed <laughs> by us? Uh, probably, I, I got no idea. You're going to have to help me out with this. For sure, for sure. More than 95%, believe it or not. So more than 95% of the content and articles that are being written from the world's top media sources get missed they don't even it doesn't even get to see the light of day we don't even get to to to, to read it or even skim it 
Yeah, it's oh. probably the same in the app world as well. There's probably you know, oh, about the same 90, 95% of apps never get discovered by anyone. So, uh, 100%. And why do you think that is? And I'm sure, like, I mean, for us, like, my team, when we're putting it together, we're sort of like, you know, coming up with our assumptions of, okay, so we've got this problem of like this quantity and this massive amount of, of content that doesn't get to see the light of day. Um, so, you know, as any sort of entrepreneurs, they begin sort of like making assumptions of why that is the case. So you could come up with a solution to, to solve it. And I'm sure the, the same reasons apply for the app world as well, too. Um, in the case of articles, we found the two reasons of why this happens is the volume of content that's being produced. Um, and I'm sure anybody can agree there's just so much content that's being pushed out on a daily basis and so little space for it. Um, and the platforms that house these content. Um, so it's not easy we found, and, and, and when we've been testing sort of in our focus group before actually putting pixel to screen or code to screen, um, uh, it's not easy to find articles that have outgrown what we call the breaking news stage. Um, and so they end up what we sort of have referred to when we speak about uh, the problem we're trying to solve, collecting digital dust. Yeah, this is really fascinating because this hits on a, a, a big topic, uh, which is curation. And exactly. the, 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 I mean, there's a lot of uh, app entrepreneurs we've spoken to on this show that do talk about curation and anything that helps people curate their lives. The content it is like an added value because, as you say, there's too much out there. I tell you what I would love to focus on. Uh, you mentioned a, a testing group, a focus group. Uh, I think For we could sure. learn a lot from you and, and how you actually went about that, what you did, and, and, and maybe we can emulate something to do something similar. For sure. For sure. So because I personally have funded um, the app um, and have uh, actually turned down a lot of initial stage, whether it's seed funding or angel investor funding, um, so that I could put out the app public and learn from it without having investor partners involved. Um, I had to sort of map out an airtight, lean strategy from, con from concept to launch because I couldn't waste a single penny. On that, because that penny was coming out of my own pocket. And anybody that's listening out there that's thinking about sort of taking this journey, if you're doing it on your own dime, you're going to think twice about the decisions that, 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 that you make. Um, um, and so for us, what we ended up doing is testing um, every single assumption that we had with or without technology. So can I walk you through some of the examples that, uh, of, of what that actually means? Please, when we were please, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, so what we did is we sort of let, we A, wanted to sort of, so the first assumption that we, that we had was, you know, we were looking at personally um, our friends and family and social networks and looking at how they interact with articles that they read. Um, my sister-in-law was actually visiting a, us um, and she was staying with us for a week and she was in our living room and she had her uh, MacBook uh, open and she was on a celebrity entertainment site TMZ looking up 
um, the Beyonce, Jay-Z, Solange incident. So, so for, for readers who aren't necessarily into that type of stuff, it was a time where Beyonce's sister sort of started hitting Jay-Z in an elevator and caused a big celebrity hoopla um, for it. Um, and so she was on TMZ reading an article, and so I asked her what she was doing, and she was, uh, she was like, oh, I'm just reading about this article. So I went to the kitchen, made some food, came back, and she was on People magazine, searching and looking for the same type of article. And I asked her, oh, so what are you reading now? She's like, oh, the same story. And then she did that again on another site, Perez Hilton. And so I asked her, I was like, why are you going from site to site, this like almost antiquated tab browsing method? to get interest on the stories that you that, that, that you're interested in. Why not use Google News? Or why not use Google? And she was saying that, oh, Google only gives you the headline told in many different ways. I don't want to miss any of the other subplots and other angles of the story. So I go onto these sites and I end up searching for it. So that was the first step in, in our journey of validating each of the stuff. So then what we wanted to end up doing is we wanted to end up sort of, we actually mocked up the UI for Evo and just had it as screens and put out these um, uh, questionnaires out there through our networks and asked our networks to share it with, with their networks where we mocked up what the app experience is. And we were trying to sort of like ascertain, like if something looked like this, what are the type of stuff that you'd be interested in searching? And if you do get a result, say you are searching for a Beyonce, which of the articles would you click on? And, and each focus group and each um, learnings helped us solidify the value prop that we were coming in and just allowed us to sort of like be a bit more stealth and focused on where we were going to invest our money and resources. This is true. This is truly inspirational. I have to say, Ahmad, because first of all, oh, thank you. like any thank you. every conversation that we have with our partners, with our people around you, inspiration can come at any point in time. And just watching what you know, you you said that you're watching someone browse uh, your go, girlfriend. Did you say uh, the just watching them uh, go through the the discovery and it gave you that idea for um, the app, uh, and then you started it, which is amazing. Um, we even for, for every validation, we actually ran this thing called the Beyonce test. And so because we had to validate two hypotheses. One is that people want to have access to articles that they've missed. That was the first hypothesis. And the second hypothesis was that if we provide an experience that is easy uh, and enjoyable, for them to come across these articles, we increase their likelihood of going to sources that they would normally not go to. Otherwise, if we can't prove those two hypotheses, then Ibu being an article discovery app wasn't going to have a market because then you could just go to your BBC to just your, you know, your three to five sources and look for the same content in the exact same way that you're looking for. So what we did before we built an app and before we had a beta or any of that type of stuff, we mocked up Ibu as an image and we created a survey using Typeform and asked people, in the event that you are searching for Beyonce and you get these five articles on Ibu and you only have one tap to view and read an article, 
what article would you click on? And what we did is we gave them five options of those articles, mocked exactly the same way that it would be in the app. And four of those five articles were from usual suspect sources, we called them. So like the People magazines, the TMZs, the media sources that would actually write about Beyonce. And one of the source was from an unknown source, a source that our audience didn't even know existed. And we said, which source would you click on? 85% of the people, and we, the survey got answered by around 1,200 people, 85% of them said that they would click on the source that they've never heard before because the headline seemed way more intriguing than the regular usual topic. So to us, that was a great validation of being like, okay, A, people want to have access to articles that they've missed. And two, if the experience is good enough and simple and fast, we can actually open up their mind and their perspective to going to new sources or tapping into new angles that they would normally not. Uh, Ahmad, I have to say this, this is really wonderful stuff because now you're giving us some homework, which is uh, the first thing, if you're listening to this, you're an app entrepreneur, you've got an idea, uh, it sounds to me like a very sensible thing to do is is run a survey. And you run a survey, you had 12,000 people answer it, you used Typeform, I'll make sure we put a link to that because uh, I just recently Please. used it. And and you uh, you got people to answer it and you, you found out these trends and, and it really did help before you even started thinking about building the, the app. That, that seems before really sensible. Before we even built it. Before we even built it. Because one thing, you don't want to... Um, you, you, as an entrepreneur, if there's one piece of advice that I would give is to always test your assumptions. Um, and the only way you can test your assumptions is to go to your network and outside your network. That's the only way. How did you um, get 12,000 people to answer it? Did you use paid would, marketing? No, it was actually 1,200 people. Oh, sorry, 1,200. Um, okay. right. We, through, we, we, we were honest. We went first through our network and said, look, we've, we've, we've found the team that we think are going to be great in helping build Ibu. But before we build Ibu, we would love for you to fill out this one-minute survey on, on us because it would help us tremendously in the direction. And if you know anybody that would like, please forward it along. And so we made the survey no more than three questions. We made the survey where we weren't asking for any other information in terms of like an email capture or any of that type of stuff because we were just interested in validating our assumption. And three, we told our story why we're putting the survey. We're not looking to solicit anything. We're not looking to keep contacting you. We're This is our first project in this uh, uh, small business startup entrepreneur app world. And we would love for you to help us. And how did you do that? Because I, I've uh, tried doing that on Twitter. I get like this 1.2 million per month retweet reach. I do have, you know, a lot of engagement on Twitter. And yet when I put a survey out, you know, I probably get a handful of people actually take the effort to, to answer it. And, and yet you've got all these people answering this. Did, do you, did you approach your network on a different platform? We did. We approached them through email. Um because we've been reading lots and lots of research even to this day and saying that email is still the most effective and most personal um, communication platform. 
Um, and so we asked our initial network not to share it on their Facebook or their Twitter accounts and to actually email it to five people and ask those people if they know of other five people to email the survey to. Um, and so for us, that was good because A, it allowed people to phrase the survey and to personalize our call to action in their own way. Um, and two, it, we knew that the people that forwarded our survey were probably forwarding it to other people that would give us as much value and insight as they have. Um, right. That, that, that is great. What great information there. Um, that Certainly anyone listening can follow that advice and, and get more uh, engagement from their surveys. And so you've launched, you've, you've built the app. I'd love to talk about the launch as well, because you are on the app store. Did you learn anything from launching your apps? We did. We actually, what we, so our, so our app is seven days old, believe it or not. And we already have around almost 400 active users of the app um, with zero marketing and promotion. Um, you know, this is actually the first um, uh, interview um, that, that we've done. A world um, exclusive you. for the audience. A world exclusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I just like talking to you, Paul. I knew as soon as we connected on Twitter, we were going to have a good relationship. <laughs> um, and so we did it. And the reason that why we didn't, we didn't want to go big the first bit. We're actually launching version 1.1 in eight days. And it was a strategy that we decided to launch eBoo 1.0 as a beta feedback app. It works. And it, and, it, and, it, and it sort of delivers on the value it promises. But we didn't know the features that we've built for it, which ones we should add. And so we put it out there. And we were hoping that if we get at least 100 active users and users that are, A, open to giving us feedback on what they like, what they hate, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, because as an entrepreneur, you got to take all three. You can't just pick the good. Um, we then took that feedback and because we were, we were already set for launching a 1.1 almost immediately after we, want, we launched version 1.0, we've incorporated amazing feedback and features based on the insights that our users have that we would not have caught any other way. Um, and so, yeah, so in eight days, we're going to be launching the eboo um with our users feedback and that's when we're gonna when, when we're gonna do our big launch so what i'm learning from you then is that uh <laughs> it, it's good to get something out there and use it almost as a beta feedback app uh, as you say that's it and uh then then you just really iterate, work out the features, and, and then when you do a bigger launch, that you've got uh, more likelihood of hitting a home run. Of hitting a home run and or solidifying uh, the early adopters' uh, uh, engagement even more. Um, because a lot of the feedback and a lot of the features of uh, Ebu 1.1 are direct ideas from our users direct from our users um, because you don't know how your app is going to live until it's in the hand of the people you intend it 
that you have uh, that you intend to use it. Um, so we didn't want to make assumptions on that of adding feature A, B, C, D. We were like, okay, let's do our minimum viable product, put it out there, see the response, get the feedback, and fine tune it, and then do a proper launch of of sort of like you know a proper social media campaign, doing paid advertising, writing content, pitching to to press, like doing all all sort of. Uh, uh, that type of stuff, but we didn't want to do it at, uh, at the onset. We wanted to wait until we we got 1.1, and so I'm hoping that that strategy pays off. Um, we'll wait to see. And I have to reiterate that you know anyone listening to this is it's a very genuine account of what it takes to be an entrepreneur, especially an app entrepreneur, because so many people come to this with wild expectations and they think they'll just build an app, throw it on the app store, and it will make millions on the first day uh, and it just takes a lot of time and effort to get these things right but you know obviously the payoff is is going to be great you're already rejecting funding and uh you know you're in a good position because of your sensible approach that's what it sounds like i mean it's i mean this approach in the last seven days we you know next week i'm going to be meeting with l'oreal and trying to figure out um app revenue strategy for you know, native advertising and promoted content on Ebu. And we haven't even launched professionally yet. Um, it's all, I solely attribute this for being a very people-centric company um, and really checking the team's egos at the door um, and, and, and at the end trying to focus on creating the most value for people and being honest with yourself and, and, and saying that, you may not know what that maximum value is. Um, I think that's the biggest. So there's uh, two more things we need to do before we say goodbye, Ahmad. And one is that we love to try and flesh out new ideas. Now, I figured that we could either try and explore uh, any other ideas you may have with curation or possibly uh, talk about maybe pain points that you're feeling in your business right now uh, anything that you could bring to attention uh, and then we could think about ways of solving that so i'll give you the for choice sure. for sure i mean definitely the 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 pain points um in the journey i think would provide greater value um both for 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 you and i and for for your listeners yeah let's go for it what are you being your big pain points you know finding other apprenors and entrepreneurs and founders to chit chat with you spend so much time on developing a product and even more time trying to get traction so that you can increase your chances of success that it's hard not to have a community that you can turn to um, and go out for a cup of coffee and have a discussion like you and I are having and bounce ideas off each other. Um, that is such an important part of the journey to, to find others to, to commensurate with and, and, and just to sort of, just to talk and to listen and to offer advice and to take advice. Um, anybody who's starting out there, find your community. It's very important. Well, you've come to the right place because now you're a guest on this show. You will be connected with a lot of entrepreneurs. I've ha uh, connected hundreds of uh, different app founders, entrepreneurs, and that's one of the big attractions because I've 
built up this network through doing the podcast. And uh, but what it's it's lovely to hear is that 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 is still, you know, a real pain point. And I'm sure that there's people listening to this right now who could have some idea on uh, on how better to connect uh, app founders who are in the trenches doing it For don't sure. don't have time to you know do all the stuff on twitter and For sh- exactly and i think the trick is is to think outside of i mean there's tons of you know founder and app entrepreneur meetups and and like conferences and but those tend to have a particular sort of agenda of like you know it, i call them very passive interactions where like you know you go in you hear somebody speak um it's a scripted speak there's like a half hour hour networking opportunity that's given to you um you know where you stand awkwardly with your drink trying to introduce yourself to as many people as well i'm not talking about those types of opportunities i'm talking about having these types of honest conversations where you know um where you can gain the insights where you can you know and where you can feel that you're not on this journey alone and where other people can tell you, hey, man, I've been where you are. Here's what I did to get out of it. It, could, it doesn't even have to be anything in, 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 in the business. It could be like, get outside, go for a run, you know, cook something, you drink some coffee. <laughs> it could be that kind of stuff. This is the reason I actually set up the podcast. It's my core reason because <laughs> I was building apps and, uh, you know, kind of, it was a bit lonely and it was a lot of struggles, ups and downs. And I just wanted to increase my network. And so I started this podcast 300 odd episodes ago and it's been the best thing I've ever done. So, uh, Amazing. I, yeah, I would say that networking, maybe through a podcast, but also uh, I've got another idea, which is... Tell um, what about if anyone's listening to this you can go to those events but just uh, lobby crash which is you okay. uh, don't bother going in to listen to the content because most of it is a bit of a sales pitch somewhere down the line uh, you sit in the lobby you get on twitter people usually tweet the um, you know the, the the fact that they're there at the uh, the conference and then you directly approach them and i i i did this uh, and, um, I, I'm not going to mention the name because I think I should have probably paid, but I love gave... it crash. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was there sitting on Twitter and I was interviewing people and they were just walking out the, the conference and, and, and uh, I met some great people and it's going to result possibly in, in writing a book with a Forbes writer, you know, someone who writes for Forbes. So that's fantastic. Um, that's fantastic. I, I get more and I'm sure you, you've reiterated this to us. You get more from the, the networking effect than listening to a presentation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you, you get more from actually having human connections, like, and, 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 you know, and, and actually making worthwhile relationships, whether it's me and you, or whether it's our app and the people who use it. Um, it's, it's that emotional uh, connection that, that I think makes a difference. Well, we have one last thing and then we'll let you go. This is a show about apps. We love talking about apps. It's called the App Guy Podcast. We'd you know, love to know what is on your phone. What one app could you recommend to us that you feel that we haven't come across yet that you use in your day-to-day business or personal life? Well, I've started using this app called Milk. Um, M-I-L-Q probably because some of the patent or trademark <laughs> trolls have <laughs> gone crazy with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what it is, is it's a video exploration 
network. Um, and so it's like, you know, you can curate a collection of videos um, that based on moods. So you can say, you know, here are the videos you need to to watch if you're feeling sad, depressed, energetic, if you've just hit it out of the ballpark, if, uh, um, if you're looking for the for if you're looking to play uh, basketball and you want to dunk it over your friend's uh, uh, players um, and you need to get amped up and excited, here's, here's sort of a, a collection of videos that you can do. Um, it gets back to sort of what you were mentioning earlier, Paul, with the, with the curation effect. And then I think people um, are trying to figure out new ways of curating content because there's so much of it. Um, and so I really appreciate uh, Milk's approach to it. So that would be an app I recommend. Wonderful. I'll make sure I put uh, that on the show notes again, remind people they can go to theappguy.co and, and search out episode 298 and they'll get a link to that and some of the other things we mentioned. This, what an inspirational episode. Can, can we, we would love to know how to reach out and connect with you. You've already uh, offered you know, to connect with founders and app entrepreneurs. How best can we For do sure. that? You can do it on Twitter, and I can even give you my email, um, and then you can give it up to the people. I love help. There's been a couple of guys that have helped me um, in, in starting my journey, and I promised myself and them that um, when I do get to this point, that I'll do the same. So I'm easily reachable by email. We're not a big team by any stretch of the imagination. I'm the guy you can have a pint with and hang out, so shoot me an email or follow me on Twitter. And uh, yeah, anything I can do to help, I'd love to. Great. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us on the App Guide podcast. What I could, I'm so uh, tempted. I want, you, I want you to come back. And, uh, you know, when you've, um, you've got 3.0 coming out and you've got all your funding and you're, you're on the road to massive success, you've, uh, you know, it would be lovely to get you back as well. And, uh, but in the meantime, well, thank yeah. you. Let me just thank you for coming on the show and all the best for uh, the future. I appreciate it. It's been fantastic. Thanks. This episode was recorded with the Ringer app. I'd love to hear your feedback. Was it better or worse than uh, some of the other episodes you've heard? Please do get in touch with me. Email me, paul at theappguy.co. Get me on Twitter, paul underscore s underscore camp, or uh, just go to my website, theappguy.co. Let me know about your uh, impression of the quality of especially the interviewee uh, because I'm recording it with this Ringer app which is recording off an iPhone and a microphone directly from source and so I'd love to hear your feedback because I will be trying to do more of these if you think it's better quality let me know I'd love to hear your feedback thank you very much